Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on all things silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby. A Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SB Nation, part of the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Raider Nation, it is Victory Monday and let's go. Welcome to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Josh Jacobs does it again. The Raiders hop on the back of their bell cow, and he delivers once again for the Raiders when they so desperately needed a win. It took them a while to take control of things, but they were able to do so, and they were able to do something that have not been done in the first four out of five games, and that is finish. They have not been able to finish. They did do so on Sunday night. Of course, this is the recap show, and that is what we will do here this evening. We will go through some of the good, some of the not so good, and and break it all down for you on this Victory Monday. Before we do that, though, I teased on my last show. If you listened to the preview show uh, last week... I teased uh, teased that there was some news that I wanted to share with you guys, and and now that it has been made official, I'd like to share it with you guys. This has been in the works for a couple of weeks now, and, and there's actually two parts to this announcement. I'll start with the first one. I was recently hired as a segment producer for SportsNot.com. I'm really excited about this opportunity to take my passion for content creation to the next level. It's it's really something that um, you know I never would have thought of just a couple of years ago when I started doing the podcast. Um, I've really developed a, a passion for this. Um, I'm going to be booking guests, pitching ideas and topics, and writing scripts and questions. Um, and, and I'll be doing this across all sports for the website at SportsNot.com. Not only will I be talking or, or, or covering football, but I'll be you know researching and and spending a lot more time watching all sports, NBA, college football, college basketball, Major League Baseball, UFC. Um, So, you know, I'll still be doing the podcast just as I always do, but you may see me promoting things other than the Las Vegas Raiders on Twitter. Maybe you'll see me retweeting a piece about, you know, the NBA or, you know, something in a different sport. So so don't be alarmed if you do see some of that or if that is the case. The Raiders are still always going to be my bread and butter. Uh, but as an employee now of SportsNot.com, I will be doing my best to promote you know, all the great work being done uh, on our website. Now, the other part uh, of the news is that I have decided to take the podcast along with me. So the podcast 
uh, will also be making the jump back to sportsnot.com and their uh, podcast network. And I apologize. I really do for the back and forth. Um, I know that can be a pain for you, the listener. Um, but sometimes opportunities, they present themselves. And I don't always have control um, of when that happens. But the good news for you the listener is if you are a subscriber to the old Just Pod Baby uh, podcast feed. So if you were with me prior to me joining Silver and Black Pride, um, I will be reactivating that same feed. So you don't need to. So unless you unsubscribed, which it's possible some of you might have done, if you did not unsubscribe, then on Thursday evening you will see a new episode available there for you, ready to go on the old feed. If you are new to the show, if you just began listening listening to me uh, when I joined uh, Silver and Black Pride, well, then I hope you will continue to listen, and you can do that by simply searching Just Pod Baby and, and click subscribe. Make sure you do that. Make sure you click subscribe. In fact, go out there and do it right now because I don't want you to forget to do it. You will see some of my older um, episodes that were done um, in the past years prior to me um, coming over to SB Nation. Um, so please go out there and do that right now. Like I said, make sure you subscribe to Just Pod Baby because I don't want you to miss out on any of the, the content that I'm going to be putting out there. I'm available on all the major platforms and I will have the website, Just Blog Baby, or Just Blog, excuse me, JustPodBaby.com um, updated with all of my. Um, episodes now that will be found on sportsnot.com. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to take this this journey, this next step, and and I hope that you all uh, join me as I do this. I also uh, want to let you know this will be my last show with Silver and Black Pride, and I do want to thank them for the opportunity because, um, you know, they welcomed me back with open arms, um, and I appreciate them for that. This was this is was now my second stint with uh, SB Nation, and and they have been both positive experiences for me. So nothing but positive takeaways for, for me from them. Um, and, and I encourage you guys to continue to, you know, follow them and all the great content that they're putting out there. And that's the great thing about the world of podcasting is there's room for us all, right? There's room for us all. There's plenty of great content out there. Um, some of it isn't for everyone, but you're going to find something that, uh, you can enjoy out there. So, um, that, that is the good thing about it. And I do want to thank everyone at silver and black pride. So, um, you know, make sure you are following me as well. I want to make this announcement. Follow me on Twitter, egrope five. If you're not doing that yet, please do so. Um, if you are doing that, then you're always going to be up to date with, with what's going on with the podcast. And now you will also be up to date with all the great things happening at sportshunt.com as well. And if you have any questions about anything, you can't find the podcast for whatever reason, uh, you know, again, if you're following me on Twitter at egrope 5 you can send me a, a, an insta- a DM and I will get you up to speed and let you know where you can get the podcast. So that is the announcement. And with that now out of the way, let's get into some Raiders football here, right? It was a 38-20 win for the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium to improve the record to 2-4. And, um, and with the win, the Raiders moved up from the last spot in the AFC all the way up to the 11th spot. So big jump there in, in the standings. So that's a good thing. But you know, my brief reaction to the game is quite simple. Actually, it's a win. And when you are one in four and desperately need a win to keep your season going, 
then you're going to take that win and you're not going to complain a whole lot about it. But I have to keep it real because that's what I always do here on the podcast. That's what I always strive to do. I strive to be objective. And if I'm being fair, then I have to point out that the Raiders were trailing in this game at the end of the third quarter, 20-17, to to this Texans team who was very limited on both offense and defense. Now, I don't want to pour cold water on a win because the end goal is to always get the W, and that's what the Raiders did. So that is a great thing. Was it as clean as you would like? Maybe not. Maybe not through all four quarters. But we have heard Coach Josh McDaniels talk a lot about this team having to learn to win. I've disagreed with that comment. Anytime he says that, it kind of kind of rubs me the wrong way because this is a playoff team from a year ago. I know there's been some turnover from that roster, but the core players are still in place. And that team learned how to win close games, especially down the stretch. So when I hear him say that, I've always kind of thought it was more of an excuse. But... A positive from this game was they did show the ability to finish the game and close out the game on Sunday, despite, you know, being down heading into the fourth quarter. In that money quarter, that fourth quarter, they played well and they got the job done. So, you know, speaking a little bit more about that fourth quarter, they were trailing, as I mentioned, 20 to 17, but they were very resilient in that quarter, scoring 21 unanswered points, and that is a great sign. Um, I, I really thought. The beginning of the end for the Texans uh, was at the 11-29 mark in the fourth quarter following a Raiders touchdown. It was Josh Jacobs' second touchdown of the day. I know sometimes I do the uh, turning point play of the game. This would kind of be, if I'm not going to do one this week, but I guess you could say this is my turning point play of the week. Uh, I don't have any audio to play for you this week, but again, it was kind of the beginning of the end for the Texans. They had the ball. And they were looking at a fourth and one. They were at this point in the game, they were trailing 24 to 20, if you recall. They had the ball at their own 33-yard line, and they were attempting to go for it. And during that attempt, they had the false start penalty. And that forced Lovey Smith to to punt the football back to the Raiders. And and the Raiders offense was fortunate enough to get in the end zone once again, once they got the ball back. It was Josh Jacobs again with his third touchdown of the game. But you know, the key to that drive, once the Raiders got the ball back, right, the key to that scoring drive was another Texans penalty. And you probably recall, ironically enough, it came on another fourth and one. This time the Raiders possessed the ball uh, from the Houston 20-yard line and McDaniels opting to be aggressive, which I had no problem with in that situation. He was being aggressive to make it a two-possession game. Um trying to kind of put the game out of reach for the Texans. The Texans were called for a neutral zone infraction penalty if um, Derek Carr went with the hard count and were able to get them to to jump. And a fresh set of downs for the Raiders after the penalty, and when one play later, uh, Josh Jacobs took it in from 15 yards out. So those two plays were very crucial in the game. And again, if I had to pick a turning point, I would say that was the turning point. I know it's not as dramatic um, as a as a you know uh, couple of plays that I've discussed in the past, but again, I think that was really something that's not really being talked about a, a lot. But you know, when the Texans shot themselves in the foot twice, the Raiders were able to take advantage of that. Now, had those plays gone the other way, those fourth and ones, well, I mean, it's 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 very. Um, 
I think it's fair to say that things could have been either much closer uh, for the Raiders or maybe, perhaps, we're even sitting here today not celebrating a victory Monday. But that's all speculation. Uh, The facts are the Raiders won the game, and that's what we're going to continue to discuss here. I do want to mention some of the positive takeaways and I, I, I really feel like I'm starting to sound like a bit of a broken record when I'm talking about Josh Jacobs. And I'm sorry that I don't have anything unique out there or different from um, from what everyone else is out there talking about. But I mean, it's got it. I mean, Josh Jacobs is the story of the Raiders right now. Three weeks in a row going for over 140 yards. He added three touchdowns this time, 441 yards rushing and six touchdowns in the past three games. Uh, he's on a tear. He looks healthy, and he's doing it, um, you know, with a, with a massive workload right now for him. He's averaging 23 carries a game over that uh, three game span, and in addition to to handling the ball as a runner, he's contributing in the passing game as well. 13 receptions in the last three games as well. So just completely showing out here in this contract year, and it couldn't come at a better time for Josh Jacobs. Now. If you were unsure about the identity of the offense a few weeks ago, like I was, I had been talking about it quite a bit. I think that question has now been answered. Clearly, Josh McDaniels has figured it out, and he is leaning on Josh Jacobs. And Jacobs has really responded well to um, the the uptick in carries, and you know, really has responded well all year to not receiving that fifth year. Um, contract and I think that does say a lot about Jacobs as a person and, and talks a little bit about his character um, and so that's something I want to make sure I put out there this is uh, the best we have seen from Josh Jacobs uh, since he has joined the Raiders in 2019 and he is having a really special season right now I do have a couple of other thoughts um, that I want to share with you in regards to Josh Jacobs the first thing obviously has to be can he remain healthy? That has always been the big question with Jacobs. And I think Josh McDaniels has to walk a fine line right now between feeding you know, the player with the hot hand, who is his best weapon right now, and they need him because they need to win games because of the way they started. They need to continue to ride him, but Will Jacobs hold up in the long haul if he continues to get 20, 25 touches a game? So that is, uh, that's kind of a big if right now, you know. Um, and at some point, you would think McDaniels has to start sprinkling in some other guys to ensure that you don't run Jacobs into the ground. Now, I know the first three uh, games of the season, he didn't get many touches, but that has all changed now in the last three games. So, it's it's very difficult to take the ball out of out of his hands right now, but there are still ton games remaining, and if the Raiders are to keep the winning ways going this season, they will need Jacobs. So his health is going to be a big part of that. So that I don't envy Josh McDaniels for that in that position that he's in. I'm sure he'll figure it out. Um, but just something I was thinking about as I was uh, preparing some ideas for the show. And then the other point that I want to make. And it's something that I spoke about Sunday night on um, the Silver and Black Today post-game recap show with with Scott Gilbranson and Murph from the Raiders fan um, radio uh, podcast. Uh, You know, if the Raiders, um, you know, they're going to have a major problem 
on their hands come March when free agency begins if, if Jacobs continues to play at this level. And, and don't get me wrong, when I say a problem, this is a good problem to have, and I don't want it to come off as something that I'm being negative about. But Jacobs has been um he's been an okay back since you know, he was drafted by the Raiders in 2019. I don't think he's been a great back. He has showed glimpses of being a very good back, but I don't think he's ever reached his potential. Um, I think now he's getting there, right? I think this is what John Gruden and Mike Mayock envisioned from Josh Jacobs when they drafted him as a first-round um, pick. Um, part of that has been due to injury. He just hasn't been healthy enough. He has not stayed on the field enough. I think the last year, especially the offensive line struggled, but, but this year it has just all come together for him. And he's putting together a career year during a contract year. Uh, but, but here's why I, I call it a dilemma for the Raiders. If Jacobs should finish out the year healthy and productive, I mean, he, I saw, I think I saw on, it was ESPN. He's on pace for 1700 yards rushing this year and 16 touchdowns. And I think like 40 receptions. Now, is he going to continue this pace? I mean, that would be that would be quite the season if he did. But I mean, he he's he's well on his way to I would say 1,200, 1,300 yards at least. So he's going to have a career here, career year. And if he does remain, like I said, healthy and productive, do you dish out 12 to 15 million dollars a year to him? I mean, that's what the top five guys are getting right now. I went and looked it up. Anywhere between 12 and 16, I think McCaffrey's getting 16 million as the highest paid running back. Do you do that for a player who has been good but not great? Maybe one great season in the previous, you know, in this first four years of his career? One great season? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. You know, that that's the dilemma that the front office is going to face. He's been hurt. And also, one of the most important aspects of this discussion is he plays running back. A position where longevity is very short-lived in the NFL. So I don't blame him if he's trying to get paid. In fact, if I was him, I'd do the same thing. But what do the Raiders do? It's It's... It's it's fascinating right now. It's a fascinating conversation, um, and I don't want to get too far ahead. We should really just enjoy it right now and what he's doing right now, and, and, and I guess we'll worry about that uh, when the season comes to the end. Uh, anyway, some other positive takeaways I wanted to mention. Red zone efficiency. It's been something that I've been very critical of. I think we all have. We've all been very critical of 
the offense's um, lack of ability to, to finish drives with touchdowns, much improved on Sunday. Also something that I don't think is being talked about a lot. I was listening to some other podcasts and a little bit of Raider Nation radio. I don't hear anyone talking about the red zone. You know, three trips into the red zone, three touchdowns. That's what you are looking for. That's what you are looking for. That's how you can make up for a a porous defense. Each trip they got into the red zone, they pounded it in with Josh Jacobs. No fooling around. Smash mouth football. Bully football. And McDaniels, he didn't overthink it. He didn't overthink it. I talked about it on the preview show. We all knew the Texans had a, a terrible run defense. And he didn't overthink it and try to get cute. He just, he attacked their weakness and, uh, you know, he took advantage of that. So I thought that was a great job by McDaniels. The offense looked good. If I, if I do have to be critical, I would point to early in the game. I would say the first quarter, maybe quarter and a half, you know, really it was the first three possessions of the game for the Raiders. They looked a little bit rusty, I guess is the word that I would use coming off the bye. They had to um, settle for a 50-yard field goal to get on the board in their first drive, and then they were forced to punt the ball twice um, in their next two possessions. But overall, again, if I'm, uh, that would be me being uh, kind of picky. Overall, uh, I think the offense did some really good things. Offensive line continues to surprise me. Uh, their run blocking has been really good. Pass protection, okay, they could show some improvements there, but they have definitely not been... Um, the the weakest link like I thought they were going to be. Anytime your offense scores 31 points, that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. So offense is definitely moving in the right direction. Um, I do want to move to some of the negative takeaways from the game. And, you know, they're all on defense. They are all on the defense. Two individual performances I want to point out. Trayvon Merrig and Anthony Averett had tough games. Uh, I'm going to start with Merrig. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, he was targeted four times, allowed three uh, receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown. Averett, who was returning from injury, so I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack because he had missed the previous four games, so it might take him a little bit longer to uh, you know, get the feel back for the game. But he wasn't much better than Merrick. He also was targeted four times and allowed three receptions for 56 yards and a touchdown. Now, outside of the big play, the... the uh, the pick six by Duran Harmon, it's hard to find a lot of positives uh, from the defense. And I just talked about it on the last pod, how the how the Raiders secondary would, would need someone to step up in, in Nate Hobbs' absence. We did not see that on Sunday. And now they, they, they're going to be taking on the Saints this week. They traveled to New Orleans in Week 8. And, and the Saints, you know, they have more weapons on the outside than the Texans do. Um, so the secondary is definitely going to need to, to get it, get it together here. Um, and in a hurry for sure. Um, back to Merrick real quick. He's been disappointing this year. There's, there's really no debating it. I thought, you know, looking back at last year, I thought he had a solid rookie year. You didn't see him make many mistakes, which is a good thing from a rookie, but that has not been the case this year. And, you know, he still isn't making any plays. And that was kind of his calling card in college. This is a guy who, if it wasn't for a medical issue, a medical red flag that came up during the draft process, we're talking about a first-round draft pick here, a first-round talent at least, who had tons of ball production in college. That has not translated to the pro game yet. Now, he's not even halfway through his second year, but he's played enough football. He's he's, he's started plenty of games. He's played plenty of snaps that... 
you should have seen some plays by now, and, and you're not. So, you know, my level of concern is definitely starting to rise with Trayvon Merrick. Uh, overall, the defense, what can you say? They didn't play well. They didn't play well. PFF has them with 24 pressures. I, I have to go back and watch the, the game a second time, but when I watched it the first time, and as I think back about it, it, it didn't feel or seem like they were terrorizing Davis Mills. Um, they only got home once, the half sack by Chandler Jones and, and Cleveland Farrell. And, but, you know, I thought the Texans were able to move the ball uh, most of the game. You know, the, the defense did play a little better in the fourth quarter, got a couple stops there, and, the, and then the turnover we talked about. But to me, anyways, you know, I don't think the, the final score was indicative of truly how competitive this game was. I thought Davis Mills was able to kind of pick the defense apart at times. Um, so... Anyhow, um, the offense, you know, seems like it's gotten better. Uh, they've gotten in more of a rhythm, I think. They've finally got the identity figured out in the last couple of games. Um, and they're scoring plenty of points right now. I, I see they now have entered top five NFL teams in scoring. They're all the way up to number three, in fact. They're averaging 20, uh, what is it, 27 points a game right now. And this is where we all expected them to be, right? This is where we expected them to be. Um, but you know, it, it goes back to the defense. It goes back to the defense. They have probably been worse than what they expected. I, I didn't think they were going to be great, but I didn't think they were going to be this bad either. And, and currently they are 26th in points allowed, um, at 25, they're laying 25 points a game up. And, and I think the biggest issue for them has, you know, kind of goes back to lack of, of takeaway or excuse me, uh, takeaways. Yeah. Lack of takeaways and, and lack of sacks. Um, they're just, you know, not generating enough sacks. I thought the combination of Crosby and Jones would do that. And you can't fault Crosby. He's been excellent. He's going to be a contender for defensive player of the year, but they're just not getting any sacks. And that's all the way across the defense. And, you know, along with sacks come those big plays, game changing plays, sack fumbles and takeaways. I talk about it all the time, only four takeaways on the season. And that is tied for last in the NFL. And and in the two wins that the Raiders have, both of those games, they had a, a scoop and score and a pick six. So there's definitely a correlation there between creating turnovers and winning football games. We all know that. Um, now, in my opinion, when you look at the defense, it's more of a, a personnel issue. It's always been a personnel issue for this team. Look back to the last 10 to 15 years. Um, you know, I know Gruden and Mayock, um, they tried to address some areas of the defense. They drafted Cleveland Farrell, you know, with their first round draft pick in 2019. They also brought in Crosby in that draft. They spent some money in free agency to bring in LaMarcus Joyner and Nick Kwiatkowski and, uh, Corey Littleton. None of those players worked out, none of them except for Crosby. Um, so you can't say that over the years they haven't tried to, but this is a new regime and, you know, I'm not quite sure what can be done right now. You, you could obviously try to bring in some free agents to put a patch on things. Uh, but this defense, you know, really needs a major upgrade, a major, you know, influx of talent right now. Um, and again, I know that I'm getting ahead of myself when I'm talking about what needs to be done with a defense. We are still months away from major changes happening with this Raiders defense. I think 
at the moment they can make small changes. I think they need to improve the interior part of the defensive line. They're, they're just not getting any push. I don't think Bilal Nichols has provided them with what they thought they were going to. The back end has not been very good as well. And so those are some of the areas that they should be looking to make some um, improvements on uh, right now. But it's going to be a problem all season. You know, can the offense continue to score enough points to make up for a, a bottom of the league defense? That's what it's going to come down to. It's going to be as simple as that. Can the offense, uh, you know, Put the team on their back. That's essentially what's going to happen. And that does put a lot of pressure on the offense to have to be really, really efficient, to have to score points every time, and not only points, but touchdowns every time they're in the red zone and and get points on every single possession. That's kind of what they're dealing with right now. They were able to get by and, and get it done this week, but can that be or is that a sustainable recipe for the remainder of the year. We're just going to have to wait and see how that all plays out for the Raiders. Okay, guys, that is my Week 7 recap. No guests this week. We just flew solo. Um, No break this week. Um, Thank you again for all the support, you guys. Uh, I hope that you all stay with me and follow me over to sportshunt.com. Please make sure you go out there and subscribe right now. Just Pod Baby is the name you're searching for. Um, and again, subscribe. You can expect to hear from me again later this week with the Week 8 Preview Show. Until then, everyone, enjoy the win and enjoy the week, and you will hear from me in just a couple of days. Take care, and as always, just win, baby.